Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So as we look forward to the new year, we can see a year full of possibilities. There's great potential in a new year, but there's also a lot of the same old stuff. And eventually, as February rolls around, our resolutions fade and our old habits begin to creep in. We allow ourselves to become overwhelmed by all the things we have to do. And we say things like, we need to get our oldest to practice and our youngest to dance. And, oh, we need to remember that we have a middle child. But seriously, we get so busy that it seems there's no room for error. Because if we don't leave the house by exactly 4.43, then we're going to be late. And then we add things on top of our family life like our work commitments, our social commitments, and other things. And you all know what I'm talking about, because I'm sure right at this moment, some of you are running through the list of things you have to do for this evening's New Year's Eve party instead of paying attention. (laughs) It's okay. I get it. But this is what our lives have become. We've become so consumed with ourselves and our lives and our kids' schedules that we develop this tunnel vision that doesn't allow us to see the things that are going on around us, or we don't fully enjoy this present moment that we're in. And so I ask you, if we have this tunnel vision, how are we to notice the life around us? How are we to love our neighbors? And what are we missing when we have those blinders on? So my challenge for you for today, as we begin this new year, is to be open to interruption, because that's where God gets to work. And to show you what I mean, I would like to share three stories from Scripture. Firstly, there's this guy, Balaam, and he's asked by the Moabites to put a curse on the Israelites. But God doesn't like that, so God charges Balaam to go and be God's spokesperson to the Moabites. And while he's on his way, something very weird happens. It says in Numbers 22, verses 21 through 33, Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn either to the right or to the left. 
And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam, and he was angry, and he beat it with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and it said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? And Balaam answered the donkey, You have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. And the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. And the angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. And the donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If it had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now, but I would have spared it. Now, I know you're all thinking the same thing here. And that's why wasn't Balaam surprised that his donkey was talking? Well, because most, like most of us, he's probably used to seeing a few talking donkeys in his lifetime. I mean, have you ever parked at Walmart? <laughs> but in all seriousness, Balaam was so focused on going on his way, on keeping his schedule, that he didn't listen to his animal. And if he would have forced the donkey to continue, the angel would have killed Balaam but kept the donkey alive. Now, how's that for an ending? I mean, that interruption saved Balaam. I guess it's a good thing that donkey spoke up. Now, another story I want to look at is the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus was approached by an expert in the law who asks what he must do to inherit eternal life. And this is how that conversation went. In Luke 10, we read, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? And he answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly. Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Now in response to this question, Jesus replies with the parable of the Good Samaritan. So Luke continues, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. 
Now the priest and the Levite, they ignored this beaten man. And we could speculate all day on the reasons behind why they didn't help. But the main thing is, they didn't. They wouldn't interrupt their own plans to help this person in need because of whatever reason they may have had. But this Samaritan not only helps the man, but goes above and beyond to make sure that he makes a full recovery. The Samaritan accepted the interruption and saved a life. Now the third story is about a woman in need. In Mark 5, we find Jesus going about performing miracles, healing people, and someone comes up to him with a request to heal their daughter. And Jesus says, you got it, let's go, take me to her. And as he's on his way with the crowds around him, something amazing happens. There is this woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She spent all of her money and a lot of time trying to fix what was wrong. And in Mark 5, it continues. When the woman heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Now at once, Jesus realized that the power had gone out from him and he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? See the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. You see, Jesus was on a mission. He was going to heal a dying child. It doesn't get much more important than that. But when something threw him off, he decided to stop and show the people what had happened. And even his disciples were like, hey, Jesus, come on, man. There's a huge crowd around you. Of course someone touched you. Ignore it. Come on, we've got a job to do. But Jesus couldn't just move on. There was something amazing that had happened. And if they just kept going along, they all would have missed it. And lastly, I want to share with you a story about a girl who knew her life's plan. She knew as early as eight years old that she was going to become a teacher. And she had hope of inspiring kids and helping them learn and becoming the kind of teacher that many of her teachers were to her. Someone who helps a student learn not just how to read or write, but how to love themselves, how to become a better person. And this girl grew up and she followed that plan and she became a teacher and honestly, she was pretty darn good at it. And life was wonderful. She got married, she had her dream job, she had a family. There were Christmas breaks and spring breaks and summer breaks, and they were all filled with adventures with her kids. There was never a doubt that she was doing what she was supposed to do until she decided to say yes to volunteering in children's ministry at her church. 
And then the next thing you know, she's sitting in her pastor's office discussing the future of that children's ministry, trying to help him come up with just a few names of who would be a great fit for the next children's minister. And she had a list of names to give. And his only reply was, what about you? Now, many of you know that this is my story. And many of you know that I told Josh I wasn't the person this church or even God would want or need for this job because I just wasn't it. I tried and really tried to say no to this interruption that God was putting right in the middle of my path. I tried to ignore it because I already had a plan. But there's so much I would have missed if I didn't stop and allow the interruption to my plan. I would have missed seeing Jesus through the eyes of children, sharing joys with parents, reminding them what gifts their children are, reassuring them that church is the place for their kids, even if they struggle in other places. I would have missed the honor of walking with kids as they accept Jesus in their lives. I would have missed this opportunity to see children get excited about reading scripture and learning from the Bible. And I would have missed the opportunity to see our children pray for one another and become our youngest disciples. You see, I would have missed so many interruptions that have changed me for the better. So, Maybe your interruption won't be a big scary one, like a career shift. Maybe your interruptions will be smaller. Interruptions from your kids or your grandkids that help you see who they're becoming. Interruptions from friends or neighbors that may seem small but make a big difference in their lives and yours too. What changes if you miss those interruptions? You see, God isn't going to shyly ask, um, hey, excuse me, if you could fit it in when you have a chance, could you go ahead and schedule this? That's just not how it works. God interrupts. God comes into our lives and turns them upside down for the better. If Balaam had forced the donkey to keep moving, he would have headed toward his destruction. If the Samaritan would have passed the man as the others did, a life would have been lost. And if Jesus didn't pause, didn't take a moment to stop those around him, the miracle would have been missed. And you see, scripture is filled with stories like these. Again and again, we see everyone going about their business, and then they're interrupted by God to do kingdom work. And Kingdom work is what's at risk when we pack our lives so tightly and when we ignore everything that isn't in our calendar or part of our routine, we could miss what God is doing around us and trying to do through us. We could miss the opportunities around us to love our neighbors. So what small interruptions are popping up for you? What interruptions have you been ignoring? And what miracles might you have missed? Let's pray. 
God, today we come with the excitement of a new year, but we also need your help. We don't want this just to be another year of the same old, same old. God, we, we come and we are seeking you. We're asking you to open our hearts, open our eyes, God, and allow us to be open to your interruption so that we may go out and do the work that needs to be done. God, I just ask that you would be with each of us and help us remember that we are your light in this world. Help us to hear your voice so that we don't miss the miracles that you are trying to do through us. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.